Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for being so good to us. Your written word is placed on the podium to become your spoken words. Father, speak to me like never before. Help me not to acquire or look or take any credit for myself. But we're here to glorify God and to give him all the praise. And we pray, O God, that at the end of this sermon, that our hearts will be watered and blessed. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. The best is yet to come. The story was told of an old deaconess who served her church for over 40 years. Do we have anyone like that in here today? She was one of those cheerful and happy and warm and smiling person who greeted people in a bubbly and real way as they entered the church. She would make sure that they felt welcome as, they, as, as she fit them for the best seat in the church. She enjoyed her duty and everybody knew her. If you would visit her church, you would remember her by her beautiful smiles and her warmly welcome. But one hot summer day, she called for her pastor. The pastor got, pastor got the call and just knew that something was unusual about this call. Unusual about the time that she was calling. She said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. Her voice sounded troubled. So the pastor rearranged his schedule, dropped all that he was doing, and drove to her house. When he got there, he knew something was wrong. She was more anxious than he thought. They spent a little time talking about the weather, a little time talking about her children and grandchildren and about the pastor's family. Then she said, Pastor, this morning I went for my annual checkup just to discover that I have a malignancy. The malignancy has spread so much that the doctor gave me two months to live. Then this cheerful old deaconess said, Pastor, the, the, the reason I call you over here is that so we could talk about our funer my funeral service. Pastor, here are the hymns. 
that I want sing. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Let me stand. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. You see, Pastor, when I die, I want the precious Lord to lead me on. The other hymn is, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Pastor, here is my favorite text. First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, the Bible said, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. Pastor, I want you to preach on this text at my funeral. And pastor, I want you to come into my bedroom. As a pastor walked into her bedroom, you know, she took him to the closet and said, pastor, I want you to make sure that they put me in this blue dress. Pastor, I've worn this blue dress to church for many years now. You see, it wouldn't be church without my blue dress. I want the members to remember me in my old church blue dress. So when they put me in the coffin, I want to be buried in my blue dress. And pastor, Here's my Bible. I want you to put my Bible in my left hand. The hand nearest to my heart. For the Bible has encouraged me over the years. It was through the pages of the Bible that I come to know Jesus. It was through the pages of the Bible I find rest and comfort. Peace and contentment. When I need an answer to the things that I didn't understand, I found it in the Bible. So put my Bible in my left hand. So when people come by at the service, I want my coffin to be open and I want them to see this old deaconess lying in the coffin with a smile on her face with her Bible in her hand and wearing her old church Sabbath blue dress. Then she, then she said, Pastor, oh, there is just one more thing. Pastor said, okay, I want you to put a fork in my right hand. Pastor looked at her, said, understanding most of her requests, Pastor's pastor was puzzled by the final request. He looked at her and, and, and said, Sister Mother, I didn't I'd quite get it. I understand the blue church dress. I understand the Bible in your left hand. But the fork in your right hand, what does 
the for me. She said, you know, Pastor, Pastor Jim, I am, I've been a deaconess and I've served the church, the church for over 40 years. And you know, when we have fellowship dinner, we deaconess oftentimes say, save your fork. Now, Pastor, when we say save your fork, it's not just for some lukewarm, melty vanilla ice cream or some imitation chocolate pudding in a box. When we say save your fork, that means the best is yet to come. That means the homemade apple pies are coming. That means the homemade blueberry pies are coming. That means the homemade oatmeal cookies are coming. Save your fork because the best is yet to come. In a world of moral madness, where planet Earth is filled with violence, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, 5 and 6, that God saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth and that every imagination of his heart was evil continually. The earth also was filled with corrupt before God, filled and corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence, lawlessness, crime, is growing faster than anything that we can imagine. In the United States alone, crime is on the rise. In 1960, there were 3.4 million major crime in the U.S. alone committed. In 1974, it went up to 10 million crimes committed in the United States. And today, more than 75% of Americans has been victim of, ma of a major crime. Over 60% of people have been victimized twice. 30,000 30, people a year commit suicide. 60% admit that they have steal something from work, while 30% engage in shoplifting. 40% have had a car stolen into, are stolen, and 30% has dealt drugs. The problem in this world is that men are perfecting more and more ways to sin. The things that God call wrong, the world is bent on making it right. Sodom and Gomorrah's action is called sodomy, but we call it gay. Oh, they're just happy people. God call it drunkenness, but we call it alcoholism. God call it perversion, but we call it adult entertainment. God calls it abomination, but we call it alternate lifestyle. Never before did we see a people who are so set in their ways? It amazed me that people seem so determined to pay their way into hell while salvation is free. We spend more money on things that will do us more harm and less money on things that actually do good for us. We are truly living in a time of the end. We are in an age where one in five Americans has been sexually 
abused as a child. One in four Americans has been physically abused as a child. One in four children now loses their virginity before the age of 12. And 20% of American women has been raped at least once. History has taught us that no civilization can survive under these conditions. And, and we are, we are a fast approaching the end. With these statistics, everybody have need to worry. But I stop by here to tell you that the best is yet to come. Many people today can find temporary fulfillment in their job, temporary fulfillment in their finances, temporary fulfillment in their health, temporary fulfillment in their family. If you're going through discouragement because of your children who are, who are brought up in the church and are now doing their own thing and are not coming to church anymore, stay focused because the best is yet to come. If you're going through heart wrenching, agonizing, um, um, divorce, and, and are wondering how to pick up the pieces of your life. If your body is plagued with, 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 with arthritis, high blood pressure, and, 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 and high cholesterol, if diabetes have formed a residence in your body, and cancer seems to bother you, if you come from a broken home or a dysfunctional family if you are still healing from the scar i want to tell you that the best is yet to come maybe you're struggling with the guilt of something you did as a child or if you're imprisoned or gripped by your past the best is yet to come moses was cursed at birth. But God turns that curse into a blessing. You see, Pharaoh charged all his people saying, every son that is born shall be cast into the river, and, and, and every daughter you shall save alive. Pharaoh issued a decree that all Hebrews' male child should be killed cast into the river. Pharaoh was afraid that the growth of the Israelite would threaten his kingdom. So he, he tried to silence the, the, the Israelites by putting them to death. So we have a God who sits high and look low. A God who take, takes care of his children to protect us and to give us favor because the best is yet to come. Moses' mother took baby Moses, made him a basket yacht that would not take in any water, and he docked his yacht in the river. And, and, and as it was there, and it was there through the providence of God that Pharaoh's daughter went for a wash. When she discovered a yacht floating in the river, when she drew closer to see this unusual sight, she saw the face of Captain Moses as, as, as he smiled at her. As a result of that incident, God arranges Moses to have the best education in the field of military training. Leadership skill development, geography and history. Moses was determined 
Pharaoh was determined to destroy the strength of Israel. But God turns curse into a blessing. Our life's trauma and head heartaches and sorrow are really an uninterrupted series of victory. We may not see it now, but in eternity we will. If God could take the captivity of, if God, of Daniel and, 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 and his mother, leaving his mother and father and his friend, his boyhood dreams, if God could use that to put Daniel on the throne of Babylon, then we know that the best is yet to come. If God could take the wicked, despicable act of Joseph's brother who threw him into a pit and sold him as a slave, who then threw him into prison, but God intervened and Joseph went from the prison to the palace. If God could take all these incidents and make something powerful and good from them, we know that the best is yet to come. If God could take an old rugged cross, a man with nail through his hands, blood running down his face, if God could take the crown of thorns, if God could take the spear, if God could take those rusty nails and the death and agony of the cross and turn them into an instrument of salvation, I'm asking you to shout today because we know that the best is yet to come. Look beyond your tears. Look beyond your sorrows. Look beyond your heartache. Look beyond your disappointment. Look beyond your divorce. Look beyond your malignancy. Look beyond your pain. Look beyond your suffering and your scars of your life. Look beyond all the interruption. If God could take all these things, these curse, and turn them into a blessing, we know that the best is yet to come. God told Moses in Exodus chapter 3 verse 17, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cries by reasons of their taskmaster for I know their sorrows. Are you going through sorrows today in your life? Are you going through some disappointment? Are you going through agony? Are you going through sleepless nights? God said, I am with you when your friends disappoint you. I am with you when you feel like giving up. I am with you when you cry yourself to bed at night because of your children. When you are weeping over the broken relationship and marriage, God said, I am with you. When you feel dirty and guilty, when you feel ashamed and condemned, when you feel lonely and isolated, God said, I am with you because the best is yet to come. God asked Moses to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go so they can worship me. But Moses felt he wasn't strong enough. Moses felt he wasn't good enough. He didn't even know God. He didn't even know who God was. He was afraid that when the people asked him the question, who sent you? 
he wouldn't know what to say. Then God said, Moses, tell them that I am has sent you. God said, I am who I am. Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. What God is saying here is that I am your strength. Come on now. He is saying, I am your protection. He's saying, I am your courage. He's saying, I am your nourishment and your inner loneliness. He's saying, I am the love that you didn't receive as a child. He's saying, I am your forgiveness for your guilt. He's saying, I am the power of your deliverance in your life. He said, I am your sufficiency. I am your consistency. I am who I am, for with God, the best is yet to come. The Bible tells us, as the old deaconess requested, that there will be two resurrections. The first is of the righteous. John said, blessed and holy is he who have part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death have no power. Revelation 20 and verse 6. But after the thousand years of desolation, there is going to be one more resurrection of the lost. The Bible said the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first the second resurrection, Revelation chapter 20 and verse 5. And there will be millions, millions of people coming up in the second re re um, resurrection because they have slept a thousand years too long. Some of these folks were good church folks. Come on now. And at their funeral service, wonderful things were said of them. but not by God. Then all of a sudden they look to the east as they're wondering what's going on. They look to the east and looking for that cloud of the coming of Jesus. And they look and discover an amazing sight. The holy city. New Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Prepare as a bride adorned for her husband. Revelation 21 and verse 2. And when they looked in that city, Jesus is inside the city. Come on now. And the Father is inside the city. And angels are inside the city. And all of God's commandment people are inside the city. And the glory of it all lit up the eastern sky. And the church folks see it. And as they look, they realize that they have slept a thousand years too long. And as they look, they realize that the city is coming down. And the doors of the city were shut tight. Nobody can get in there now. The Bible said, let him who is unjust be unjust still. These people woke up to the realization and knew now that it's too late. Rubbing shoulders with people 
whom they wouldn't otherwise associate with. Former church members look around and are surrounded with the sight and smell and face of sin. The murderers, the robbers, the adulterers, the rapists, the drugs dealers, the exploiters, and the high-minded abusers, all were there outside the city. And suddenly their dark leader emerges to rally his troops for a fight. I can imagine him saying, see over yonder, it's a holy city. And the people in there, they don't believe in fighting. And their leader, the king, he is too gentle to fight. He is too meek to fight. He is too lowly to fight. Maybe with all our might and our weapons, we can take the city. This is our last chance. Let us get together. And the Bible said as they go up, that, that he will go out to deceive the nation, Gog and Magog, to the four corners of the earth. And he said to them, I want you to join my battalion. We don't have much time. We have to attack the city now. Satan and all the wicked is getting ready to attack the city. But you don't have to worry because the best is yet to come. Prince Emmanuel is in that city. Come on now. The Alpha and Omega is in that city. Michael is in that city. There is no fear in that city. There is no danger in that city. There is no hunger in that city. There is no homeless in that city. Nothing but joy in that city. There is safety in that city. And joy in my father's house. Everything is under control. Because the best is yet to come. And when they went up, and the breadth of the earth, and surrounded the city, Revelation 20 verse 9, they said, maybe we can take it by surprise. And when they look in, for the Bible said the walls were transparent, meaning that you could see through. And when they looked in, they see God's commandment keeping people in that city. They, 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 they have been there for a thousand years, but there was no trace of sickness. They didn't have the rotten teeth anymore. They didn't have to wear glasses anymore. They didn't have cancer anymore. They, they have no pain anymore. They didn't need eyeglasses in the city. They didn't need a doctor in that city. No disease in that city. All the heartache is gone. When you looked in, the people are all happy and healthy. They have been fixed for eternity. And all these people who surrounded the city still have all the disease that they die with. And as they stare in the city, 
they see someone brings out a special crown. And Jesus was sitting on a special crown. And they, 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 they were going to crown him king of kings and lord of lords. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to be inside that city. How about you? I want to be inside that city when that ceremony takes place. What about you, friend? They're going to look inside the city. And folks, they thought were weird. They were inside the city. Folks who wouldn't go to the party, they were inside that city. Folks who dress weird, they were inside that city. Folks who wouldn't take a little drink, they were inside that city. Folks who, who were called legalists because they kept the law of God, they were inside that city. Folks who were determined to walk as God asked them to walk, they were inside that city. But as they look, and all these people inside the city, and the Bible said they surrounded the city, and Revelation, Revelation 20 verse 9, the Bible says as they, as they surrounded the city and, and, and get up on the breadth of the city, I, I can imagine they call all their, 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 their warriors. And they said, come on, it's our time. Let us take it down. But the Bible said, fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them all. The best is yet to come. Don't worry about the problem and the issues that we're going through now. The Bible said God has gone to do what? To prepare for us a place. And he will come again and receive us unto himself. That where he is, there we will be also. The best is yet to come. If this is your desire. If this is your aim, that one day you want to be in that city, I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we pray. The best is yet to come. Many of us have experienced life's trauma, heartache, headache, pain. Sometimes wonder why am I living? But God is saying, hold on. Because the best is yet to come. We don't have to worry about what the devil is doing to us. He can only interrupt us here for a little while. But God is going to put it all to an end. This afternoon, as we bring this service to a close, I want to extend this invitation to someone. 
want to say, Lord, I have not given my life to you completely. But this afternoon you want to say, Elder, pray for me. That I'll find the courage and the strength to do that. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand where you are. Just going to ask you to raise your hands where you are. The best is yet to come. In this life, we will have troubles. But be of good cheer, he said, I have overcome the world. Maybe there's someone here who have been baptized for a while. But have stepped back. Whatever the reason is, we don't know. We don't, come, we don't condemn you. We're not a church that condemns. We're a church who pray and help you out on your journey. You see, the best is yet to come. Maybe you have experienced some of the things that we talked about today. And you want to say, pray for me so we can, so I can have strength. Just lift your hands where you are. Just lift your hand where you are. To elder, pray for me because I want to be part of that experience. The best is yet to come. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are rejoicing because victory is on our side. We are rejoicing because there is deliverance in Jesus. We're rejoicing because there is hope in Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, we thank you for your message that the best is yet to come. Realizing that soon and very soon you will close the chapter of this sin sick world and that you will come and take us home. I pray, O oh God, for all of us within the hearing of my voice, that we will make it right with you before it's eternally too late. That if we have something interrupting our experience with you, that we will make it right. Thank you. For reminding us that the best is yet to come. Pray that you will dismiss us now with your blessings. In Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting SavingGraceSDA.org.